pause for thought and join in the barking with Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog. Hi guys, have you ever wondered why some dogs when they meet they just get each other? It's like they've been best friends forever. When some dogs, when they see each other, they want to kill each other. Well there's a whole line of communication that we don't understand but dogs do. And that's going to be the topic of my next canine behaviour slot with Roman Travers on the Sunday Cafe. So stay tuned and have a good listen. Roman Travers, Magic Talk. Some people are impressed by horse whisperers. But although you can lead a horse to water, you can't make it fetch the paper. One man who can get your dog to do what, whatever you're supposed to get it to do is Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. Good morning. Good morning, Roman. I'm not quite sure if I can make it uh, uh, drink water like a horse. Though, no. no, but you can get, I mean, you know, dogs that fetch the paper and put the jug on, yeah. you can do anything, can't you? Oh, I think the, the, um, it's, it's whatever your limitations are, really, isn't it, with a dog? Well, so you keep saying, and I think um, I've come to understand that more and more, is that when people get angry with their dogs, they're really just angry at their inability to teach the dog, right? Yeah, definitely. Mm. It's more a reflection on the owner, I think, than the dog. Mm. Um, dogs, dog. There's a couple of dogs that can um, have been shown to learn like 500 different words wow. um, and actions, and, and then we struggle to teach them maybe one or two or even three. Oh, look, without <laughs> question, there are dogs that are vastly more intelligent than their owners, let's be honest about it. How do you work out when a dog wants to rip your head off or just lick you silly? Because canine body language is yeah. quite important, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite a big thing. Well, it's been quite a big thing over the last couple of years, really, in terms of... Um, trying to understand those um well the canine language i guess isn't it mm. so so there's quite a lot of different dog attacks that are going on I, i'm always opening the paper or, or looking online and seeing that there's a dog attack somewhere in the world and pretty horrendous ones and, and i'm always sort of thinking you know most of these could be stopped mm. um they don't need to happen dogs are so good at communicating with us the problem is they speak a different language don't they yeah, they so, do. Hmm. And, and, and we don't spend the time. We're so busy. We don't stop to think and actually watch them and say, well, what are they trying to tell us? So, so dogs are incredibly good. There's a, um, in, the, in the dog training profession, there's um, this concept of calming signals, which has been around for, for many, many years now. And a, and a, um, a woman in Norway, I think it was, um, called uh, Turgis Ragas, hmm. strange name, R-U-G-A-A-S, mm-hmm. who... Um, <laughs> on observations watched hundreds and hundreds of dogs and came up with all these different sort of signals that dogs give to to tell us or tell other dogs that they're a little bit stressed and that they don't want to fight that kind of thing yeah Mm. um it's all observational um but it is pretty well um used by the dog trainers now and it's kind of accepted really as as the way that things are Mm. um like most things now you know roman um scientific rigor is not been there for that one so we can't scientifically prove it or there's a study at the moment or just happened that's kind of getting close to it so you know a couple of years but you you know i don't think we really need to quite often we do we we call for evidence we want scientific data but you're someone who works with dogs Uh, every day of the week and i trust what you're saying what are some of the what are some of the major situations that cause dogs to be stressed yeah so um Pretty much everything, mm. <laughs> I would say. Um, I see this all the time. Just just the interactions between people and dogs um, cause dogs to be quite stressed. So the classic one is when your dog is, um, is sat down and you just lean over to the dog. That's actually quite stressful for a dog. You don't really see... Well, the only time you see a dog leaning to another dog is when they're likely to be aggressive um, mm. quite often, yeah? Um, when they start to rise up and then lean over a dog. Yeah. Um, so, so just leaning into your dog is quite stressful, and you have to train that. If you do it as a puppy, then you can 
get they can get used to it. But when some stranger uh, does that, we we took our puppies out for the first time. They've just been vaccinated. I said I would get a puppy thing in today. Um, so we <laughs> took our puppies out um, yesterday after they've been vaccinated and tried to get them to see lots of people. Mm. And and the first thing people do is just lean straight into the dogs. Yeah. And uh, I was kind of like just holding them back a little bit and trying to make sure that they don't get too stressed. So I'm, I'm just looking at the signals that they're giving. And one of the biggest signals that they do is they, they do a licking thing. So their, their tongue will come out and it'll either flick out mm. or it will go right around the nose. And that's normally a signal to the other dog or to the person to say, whoa, whoa, get out of my space. It's too much. That's actually really interesting. I I visited my executive producer during the week, John Budge. He's got a beautiful little dog. Gorgeous, isn't it? Oh, yeah, very, very <laughs> lovely little thing. And I was watching for that kind of – this dog had heaps of confidence, just like yeah. John, just in there, it's you know, being very it's friendly. A, it's a spitz. It is? Okay, so that's a trait with that kind of dog, is it? They're pretty, full, pretty confident dogs, yeah. Right, okay. So if you've got <laughs> questions about your dog, it doesn't have to be a puppy. It might be an older dog. Maybe you've seen some behavioural changes you're not happy with. Or you're not really a dog person, but you want to be this is your chance to get some free advice from darren Rowe from mindfulness for dogs coming out of the hamilton studio in waikato this morning 0800 844 747 now tell me about little children who mm. instinctively mm-hmm. rush up to a dog and want to smooch it and wrap their arms around its neck and is that a good thing yeah no, well <laughs> depends full of children yeah definitely but not for the dog mm. um, there's not many dogs that go rushing if you see two dogs interacting they don't come rushing to each other and then give each other a hug do they no um, but so that's not a normal behavior for a dog so generally speaking as that child is rushing up to the dog the dog will be giving all these calming signals it will probably do the licking it will do the yawning it will turn away mm. um, it might even turn the whole body and face his bum towards you and that's normally an indication they don't want to do it mm. <laughs> right. i would say anyway um but kids then just don't listen do they uh, or they don't notice because they're young so they just jump in and grab the dog mm. and at some point dogs are incredibly tolerant but at some point that dog will say well i can't cope with that and what have they got to do? The only way they can stop that kind of behaviour is to either growl at you, bite you, or, or try and get away. The problem is if you're holding on to the dog, they can't get away, so there's only two choices left, isn't there? Yeah, that's true. The thing that yeah. I'm very, very wary of from personal experience with my two-year-old, she's now 25, was uh, a fox terrier. I think I've told you the story. Oh. The, the owner was saying, oh, he loves, he loves children, fine. loves children. Yeah. All of a sudden, this dog turned around and latched onto her top lip. <clears throat> Mm. And, and really did a lot of damage to her top lip. And I've never seen so much blood. So oh. you've really got to be careful with those people who say, my dog is amazing and very trustworthy. Uh, as soon as someone says that, I totally ignore it. Because okay. though, sometimes people are fantastic. When they really understand their dog, that's great. But quite often they miss all those social cues that the dog gives them. And, and those cues might um, build up for five, five or ten minutes beforehand. So if two dogs are meeting in the park, mm. then... They'll, they'll meet at 20 metres. They'll, they'll probably know within 20 metres whether they're going to get on. Okay. So, so they'll do the whole sort of looking at each other. And, and, and have you ever seen the dog that just intensely stares at you? Mm-hmm. And, and doesn't matter what you do, it can't, it won't break its um, gaze. Yeah. Mm. So, so that's not a good sign because that dog doesn't understand social cues. What you'll find, the other dog will look away. And then what should happen is the dog that's staring should look away as the other dog then looks at him. Yeah. Her, yeah. And then they, they start to build that rapport in the same way that we build rapport when we meet someone new. You know, and if, and if I was to come into the studio and just stare at you for the whole show, it's quite intimidating after a while, isn't oh, it? Oh, you did it before. Well, you, you did it about I six did. months ago. It's very frightening. Right. Yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah, I know. Yeah. Can I say? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Darren, for someone who's listening, who's just, who, who hears you coming on and goes, I'm not a dog person, but I want to know how to behave around dogs, because dogs sense all this, don't they? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I think dogs are, are kind of natural healers. So when they reckon, when they come across someone that's quite scared of dogs, if you notice, they always run up to them, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they're just trying to, in their own special way, they're trying to sort of say, hey, you know, we're okay, we're fine, mm. <laughs> we're not going to hurt you. Um, obviously, some don't have that same kind of idea. But um, if, you, if you're not too into dogs, I think the most important thing is not just to go into a dog park and go and try and combat your fears. I think it's to actually enlist a dog trainer who has a nice, or someone that has a nice, calm dog that you can be around mm. and not be scared. Um, the other thing is if you know someone's got a dog um, and you want to really, um, and you really are scared of dogs, get them to muzzle the dog. Right? Then that takes away that whole fear of being bitten because mm. that's all it is. You just think the dog's going to bite you. And, and quite often um, when you've got someone like that, even when the dog comes to lick them, they think they're going to be bitten. And that will probably be due to past experiences that they've had. So take that away and then they can get used to the dog, stroke the dog. Excellent. Kind of things. Yeah. Excellent. Good advice too. And by the way, if Darren Rowe is someone you'd like to have in your house, you can literally have him there <coughs> giving you and your dog the best advice possible. We'll come on to that uh, very, very soon and, and the ways to get in touch. But if you'd like to call now and have a chat with Darren Rowe, the number is 0800 844 You know when Izzy the borrowed Waimarana, that's the dog that I walk and you've met her, Darren, mm. when, she, when she sees me coming towards her, she has a quick sort of lick of the hand and a sniff and then she flops on her back and wants me to scratch her tummy should you do that with a dog or should you just ignore them oh it's interesting isn't it um if you know the dog then i think a quick tickle on the tummy is fine but if you don't know the dog it might be that that is actually a sign of stress oh, okay. um, and, and a calming signal when they just roll over on the belly it's not a submission thing don't think of dogs as submission and dominance um but it might just be i'm just not too sure what your intentions are so i'm just going to lie down and then see what you do ah. <laughs> so yeah so, okay so as long as you as long as you do it um again as long as you drop down to their level and, and tickle them and it's okay but if you were to lean over them and tickle them that could be quite intimidating you probably follow with the lick around the, the, the nose when you see that if you do see that just back off yeah just i see res- respect that um your dog's a little bit stressed out from that interaction and just back off and then they'll, they'll they'll thank you for it and then they'll come back in and probably lick your hand again all right the lines are open give me a call uh, to, to chat with darren 0800 844 747 what about going into pat a dog we all love we love dogs we want to pat them they may not want us to but we want to should you pat them on the back of the neck or the chest Right, well, the first thing you do is you ask the owner, is your dog okay ah, to pat? That's okay. the first thing you do. And, and if again, if you've got young kids, then I always insist that the dog's on a lead um, when you stroke them. And I'll always hold the collar of my dogs, but then when I hold my dog's collars, they calm down because that's been triggered for that. Mm. Um, and that's part of the mindfulness stuff. But um, actually, you don't, I wouldn't do either. Um, the recommendations, and it does change a little bit, the recommendations are that you tickle their chin. Mm. <laughs> because if you think of that hand going underneath and tickling the chin, it's, it's really less intimidating. As soon as that hand goes over the top of the the head yeah then it's like whoa that's quite scary for a dog okay and Definitely. do do dogs get bored why do they yawn so so again yawning is um is one of these calming signals if if you believe that the calming signals are there and it's about de-escalating i um we we yawn to get oxygen into our brain when we're a bit confused if i remember rightly and i think it's probably a similar kind of thing they can't quite read the situation so they yawn mm. try and get some oxygen in there to, to make sense of it but it's um quite commonly known if you see a dog yawn then another dog will yawn and they kind of Isn't build that rapport together. Yeah, it's quite contagious yawning, isn't it? And, and I think if I remember reading oh, a long time ago, I think dogs are the only other species that do that. You've just made and me yawn quite seriously. Yeah. I just yawn. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Here's a text from <laughs> Tracy. Now, Tracy says we've got a three-year-old cavoodle, whatever that is, who started licking the ear around his nose about a year ago. It seems to be when he's relaxed more than stressed. 
like when he climbs on your knee. It's kind of like a lizard with his tongue going in and out. Do you know what this could be? We've taken him to the vet and they've said there's nothing wrong with his teeth, <coughs> so maybe it's a behaviour thing. Mm. So Cavoodle is a cavalier and a poodle. Oh, sorry. Um, okay. So, yep, there's, there's quite a few different Cavoodles and Oodles, I think they call them generally now. Um, but the licking... If he's jumping on the knee, depending on what you're doing, if you're tickling him quite often, you get that. Um, and we think the dog's enjoying it, but actually it's still quite stressful. It might also be that if you're touching certain parts of the body, they might be sore. Mm. And that's sometimes an indication that there's a little bit of soreness around that. So it could be something to do with that, perhaps. Okay. Um, it might just be that there's something on his nose, maybe. And yeah. <laughs> want to lick his nose. <laughs> Who knows? All right. hard to say. Yeah, that's a good point. Here's <clears> another text that's come through saying, when I go to take my dog for a walk, she cows down. What does it mean? How do I stop her from doing it? Um, so d just depending on when it happens, I guess. So if they're going to put the lead on there, mm. that kind of gives me an indication that the whole um, walking lead is, is quite an anxious time for the dog. Yeah. So I would probably be rethinking about how I'm walking my dog. Um, it might be that the dog is quite scared of the area they're walking. There's a lot of stimulus there and it's too much for them, mm -hmm. especially if it's a young dog. Some young dogs get really quite stressed out about the walk. As much as we feel the dog has to go for a walk, sometimes dogs can't cope with it. Yeah. So we might need to rein that back a little bit and make it a bit more fun. We um, we take our toys out, so we take little tuggy toys out when we play, when we go for a walk, and mm. we'll do like a couple of minutes of walk, and then we'll have a little play with them, just reset their um, internal sort of emotional states, and then we'll walk again. They definitely just give, have. Just give them a break. Well, they definitely have very strong memories. Izzy the mm. Waimarana that yeah. I borrow and walk sometimes. When the lead, when she sees the lead. It's quite funny. She's standing, but she puts her head on the ground and then gradually kind of flops over, <laughs> and she doesn't really want that lead going on. But once the lead's on, she's as happy as anything. It's funny, isn't it? That whole lead's a control thing. They don't want it on, but once they get it, they get. Once they got it on, they know they get what they want. Yeah, <laughs> um, okay. This whole idea about dogs and memories goes back for many, many years to um, Descartes, which is like um, our 16th century um, French guy who said that dogs don't have souls, mm. so therefore they can't have memories. Um, oh. But everybody who's got a dog knows that they remember exactly when it's dinner time, yeah. <laughs> when it's walkie time, doesn't it? So, yeah, 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 yeah. It's quite crazy. All right. Uh, dog conversations. The, the, here's what I see. And whether it's Lambton Quay in Wellington or Ponsonby Road in Auckland, people picking up their stupid little dogs who are yapping away at other dogs. Are they actually being aggressive or just saying hello? Oh, <laughs> it's quite hard to say. Sometimes they've been pretty aggressive, I have to admit. But um, aggression and fear uh, should really go together. So if, if a dog's scared, then they'll be aggressive, potentially, mm. um, especially when you're on a lead, because, again, they, you've taken away the flight aspect, so they can only fight. But, but like I say, when dogs come together, they normally, um, if, if we take a typical example, so we've got a little fluffy white dog and, and maybe big pit bull dog, right? Mm. Um, and the pit bull staring intensely at the little dog and the little dog's staring intensely back. If that keeps, if they keep staring at each other, then that's a recipe for disaster, right? Mm. Um, you know that when they meet, there's going to be a problem. Um, so little dog, little fluffy dog is staring and then the pit bull looks to the left. Right. Yep. Um, if the little dog keeps staring when the pit bull looks back, again, not going to work. But if they keep mirroring each other, looking at each other, when one looks, the other looks away, maybe the little dog lies down, the pit bull lies down, and they're kind of just doing the same behaviours, mm. um, then you know that they're building this rapport, they're going to be good. If you don't have that, don't let them meet. Okay? And, and I really strongly urge people to, to watch their dogs. If they're not having that rapport, then mm. don't let them meet because you will have a fight. Because what, okay. what they're trying to say is, look, I don't get on with you. And if you've got a dog that's not been socialised, they don't know those social cues. Yeah. Okay. So, so Darren, just on that, we think <laughs> that having the dog on the lead is control and a good thing. Does the dog feel trapped and therefore is likely to have a propensity to be more aggressive because it can't get away? 
So, so if the dog is anxious anyway about meeting other dogs, or mm. again that rapport is not there, then yeah, they've only got one option. Of no, they they can either freeze, and and that doesn't really solve very much for a dog, or they're going to fight. And if they can't get away, then yeah, they, there's always that aggression. The okay. little tiny dogs actually bark and bark and bark because they want to make them sound make themselves sound really aggressive, mm. so the other dog runs away. But of course, the big dog doesn't really care, do they? Oh, it's so <laughs> annoying. Stupid little chihuahuas biting, you know, barking away like they're a rock wheeler. Hey, have you ever met a dog? Hey, by the way, jump on the phones. Oh eight hundred. 844747. Have you, Darren, ever met a dog that you haven't been able to modify the behaviour of? Um, as of yet, no. I wow. would, what I would say, no, is that um, it, I don't put a time limit. So if you bring me a dog that's really, really, really aggressive, um, then the chances are that um, that dog may take a long, long time to get right. Mm. What you've got to be really careful of, and there's always options um, where there may be neurological problems that we have to take into account and medical issues as well. Mm. And that's always something. And so when I say that I haven't had a dog that I haven't um, been able to solve, I may have passed it on to a medical person. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Because some, sometimes behavior is you know, it's too ingrained in the dog in terms of the medical problems. Yeah, good, good point. All right, there, there are minutes to go. You've still got time, though, to get mm. a call in with Darren on 0800 Pauline, what sort of dog have you got? Very quiet dog. Oh, hang on, she's there somewhere. G'day, Pauline. <laughs> yeah, hi. Um, I'm Pauline. ringing you about my son's dog because I don't know whether they'll get time to ring in. He's a rescue dog about six months old. Don't ask me what breed he is. He's from a you know, rescue group in Auckland. Yeah. Mm. Yep. If you go to the front door, <clears throat> he barks like hell. Someone inside has to hold him because he'll just about knock you over jumping up and down. And if by chance you let him go, he'll hear off outside and you'll mm. never catch him. Yeah, that, that's typical rescue dog behaviour, unfortunately. Um, the Rescue dogs are incredibly sociable dogs. And they're normally the ones that are sort of outside all the time with other dogs. So the first thing, right. it's quite natural, isn't it, to go and greet greet someone new and jump all over them yes. and if you were to put that yes. in perspective because it's only a puppy isn't it so if you were to put it in perspective yes. that's how puppies say hello to each other hmm. what you've got to do is you've got to teach those dogs those basic commands of sits and downs and say because yeah. then it gives the dog another alternative behavior and if you make those behaviors quite rewarding um, then they'll choose those behaviors over the jumping up um, but right. the best thing when someone comes what you've got to do is you've just basically got to ignore everything completely the second right. that you do that sit or down then you go oh what a good dog and praise that behavior again that becomes a default choice then um, okay. it just takes a bit of time it's quite simple it just takes a bit of time but invest the time in those that basic training as I always say as a dog trainer because then it gives the dogs alternative behaviors than the jumping up and right. the, the sort of biting okay. and stuff. Yeah. So if the, someone the comes to the door, just get them to wait while you wait inside yes. till the yeah. dog comes down. Yep. Yeah, okay. yeah. it takes a bit of, takes a bit of time. The, the um, running out of the house, no, that's definitely something you need to manage physically, first of all, until yep. the dog yep. starts, because you've probably not had the dog very long. So until a dog really starts to understand its house and where it lives, and that that's the best place in the world, it's going to probably want to try and run out to the bigger world. Mm. <laughs> okay. Oh, good. good. Thank you dog on it. Always have your dog on a lead as well when you come to a door if it's a dog like that. Yeah, hey, thanks, Pauline. Get your question in. There's still time on 0800 844 747. Nothing tests the bladder or the uh, bowel uh, more so than when you're sitting there calmly watching the telly and someone knocks on the door and your dog lights up like a, oh, my God, it's frightening sometimes. How do you stop that? Yeah, so you've actually got to stop and think, well, what's the trigger for that behavior? Because normally the door bell or the door knock is a trigger. And if you think of it from a dog's perspective, they're looking at, there's this big 
wooden thing um, in the front of the house and there's someone behind it but they can't see it mm. but they can smell it and then suddenly it rattles or it rings and it's quite scary isn't it so mm. the way I tend to do it is I open the door when there's nobody there and I just press the bell and bang on the door and get the dog to see where that noise is coming from Yeah. and that way it becomes less scary lots of treats all those kind of things yeah just okay. becomes a little bit less scary just, okay. just a start you could always train it to keep barking if it's a Jehovah's Witness or you know there's all sorts of different <laughs> things you could try Roman. Johnny g'day Johnny what sort of dog have you got Okay, I've got a, a Pomeranian. She's um, eight years old. Um, yep. Now, I've just noticed lately that any noise she sort of jumps or is very um, nervous about. Um, I don't really know how to how to explain it, but she's almost, she, you know, she starts to shake and that. Mm, so quite anxious. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm wondering why that would have happened. Yeah. Say all of a sudden, maybe it's been happening slowly, and I haven't picked up on it. Yeah, it could be a lot of dog behaviour. It's like small little bits that happen over time. We don't notice it. Um, has anything? Um, has there been any sort of frights or any drastic changes in her lifestyle over the last couple of weeks or months? No, no. I, I wouldn't say so. Not, not that I'm um, aware of. But mm. you know, like I, I might be hanging clothes up or whatever, and it falls off. Um, you know, in a you know, a, a yeah, small yeah, thing like a hanger hits the ground and she nearly shites herself, you know. Oh, really? Well, um, um, it might be something I'd check out with a vet just to make sure there's nothing going on there. That's the first thing I would probably say. If if something just changes really quickly, then straight to the vets just to make sure. Just get a checkup. There's no harm in it. Yeah. Because then at least yeah. you know there's nothing there. But um, what I would probably do is go, uh, did you do some of the basic trainings um, when she was younger? Well, she's Six been such a minutes. good dog. I've I've never really had to, you know. She's mm. she's been quite obedient, and yeah. um, I've never had to do much training. The only thing she does know how to do is bring back a ball. Okay. Um, well, well, that's actually a good thing because what I would do is I would start to do some more play with her because play has a, a, an amazing ability to calm dogs down. And it sounds to me that she's just getting really anxious about something for some reason. Might be an age thing. Um, yeah, uh, that's what yeah, I was be. thinking because she's eight now. Oh, I, I think mm. the other thing I've noticed too is that um, I actually I actually live straight opposite Eden Park, so I walk her around the car park, right? Mm. Um, and she has started to slow down so so much yeah. that at different <coughs> stages I've had to pick her up. Okay. Um, so, and yeah, I've always right? had dogs, you know, eight year. I, I had a dog that was eighteen years old. He was a he was wow. a boxy. Yeah, and he was always full of life, whereas she, at eight, she started to slow down. Yeah, so it, um, might be worth just getting, it might be worth just getting her checked out, and, and like I say, the, your vet's probably the best thing, but there are all sorts of hormonal problems that can happen when they get older that might change the way they behave. It might be worth checking things like that out. Probably Again, the stress I'm, of listening to the Blues losing consistently <laughs> too. That close to Eden Park, Johnny, that's quite that's frightening true. for anyone. But I wonder if he's a neighbour of Helen Clark. She lives there as well. She's trying to close Eden Park, but that's another topic altogether. So yeah. that's about it for today. But I know that, Darren, you do so much good work in the dog world all around New Zealand with all sorts of dogs and dog owners. If people are keen to get in touch with you, how would they find you? Yep, so you can just search for Mindfulness for Dogs on Facebook or Instagram. You'll find me. Just type that in or just type my name in, Darren Rowe. You'll find me there as well. It's so worthwhile, and I don't say that lightheartedly because one day when I do once again buy another dog, I will be making sure I get things right this time with someone just like you. It's worth it, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's got to happen, Roman, you know. I know. One day, one day. (laughs) Hey, thanks, Darren. Enjoy the rest of your day. Cheers. Darren Rowe there from Mindfulness for Dogs. If you're looking for that online, remember it's Mindfulness and then the number four. 
dogs.com and you'll pop up and well, he'll pop up anyway. You've been listening to Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog, giving our canine friends a voice throughout the world. To find out more about what we do, visit our website at www.mindfulnessfordogs.com.